Hello and welcome to the Emmanuel Croydon podcast. At Emmanuel Croydon, we exist to be a community drawn together by our desire to know and follow Jesus. We long to become disciples of Jesus who are equipped to serve him in the whole of life, transforming families, communities and workplaces as we love God with heart, mind, soul and strength. We hope you enjoy this week's talk from the morning services. Thank you for joining us today. Grace and peace to you. Good morning again. I I wonder how long you think this is going to go on for. If you had to pick a number, how long you think this is going to go on for, I wonder what you would choose. Would you think 10 15, 20 minutes, 25 minutes. If you, if you think 15 minutes, you're new. Longer, 20 minutes. No, no, it's longer than that. 30 minutes. In fact, you're still way off. This is going on forever. There are many things that are going to come to an end. Pandemics, regimes, nation states. But this will never end. From now until eternity, people from many nations will gather together to praise Jesus. At least that's the vision that we've just shared with us, had shared with us from the book of Revelation. Revelation is an extraordinary book. If you haven't read it, um, I, I, I recommend it. It is the account of the vision of the apostle John he had in his old age. He was living on the island of Patmos. And in it, this is the final book of the Bible, he sees a graphic and and often bewildering uh, vision of the end. And in the midst of it come those words that we heard earlier. Uh, Revelation chapter 7, verse 9. After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne... And before the Lamb, they were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. Today, because the New Testament makes such an emphasis on it, we're going to focus specifically on our ethnic and national and linguistic and cultural diversity. It is a diversity that's going to be brought together in the eternal purposes of God. And I'm praying that as we have already worshipped together, as we will now continue to look at God's word, we'll be captivated by that future vision. And we will be encouraged to see the nations gather under Christ right now and find new ways of celebrating that and embodying that in our life together as a church here at Emmanuel. But first, let's just share that vision for a moment. A church eternally made up of all nations. I don't know whether as you heard that passage read in Revelation, you picked up that whole idea of everyone in their differences. It's all over it. And it begins with the numbers. Verse 4 tells us, Then I heard the number of those who were sealed. It's the angel seeing how many people are sealed. 144,000 from all the tribes of Israel. Now we need to remember in apocalyptic literature, um, like Revelation for example, numbers have a poetic meaning. A figure of sense. This is not about counting, which is why at the end of the section, the writer says, after this, and I looked, and there was a great multitude that no one could count. 
the reason he, he says that is not because it's completely illogical. He's just mentioned a whole load of numbers, and then he says, I can't count. It's because numbers have poetic meaning. What's going on with the 144,000? Well, 144,000 in the book of Revelation expresses the completeness of the people of God. So there's this vision, 144,000, because it's everyone. 12 tribes, you'll remember, covered Israel. There were 12 apostles, the foundation of the New Testament church. And because you did your times table, you remember that 12 by 12 is 144. And because you, of course, know that 10 by 10 by 10 and 3 is a kind of a sort of picture of perfection in the Bible. That's 1,000. So you take 144 and 1,000. You get a perfect, completely full number. The point is, as John looks out at this vision of eternity, he sees everyone there. And that everyone includes, first of all, the tribes of Israel. Judah, Reuben, Gad, Asher, Naphtali, Manasseh, Simeon, Levi, Issachar, Zebulun, Joseph, and Benjamin. And everyone is mentioned by name. And if you were a first century scribe, you would be pretty annoyed by this. Because for 1,500 well, 1, years after that, every single scribe has got to go through and write all of those down. Couldn't he just have said, look, you know all the tribes, right? It was 12,000 each. No. Because if you just say everyone, it's, that's one thing. But if you say everyone and then mention them all by name, if I tell you the whole ministry team, you hear one thing. If I say the whole ministry team, Carol, Natasha, Stu, Ian, Jill, Hannah, Magdalena, Sheridan, Claire, Sally, Amanda, Allison, then you hear not just the whole lot, you get another impression, each in their own way. And that's what John sees in eternity. And then, of course, he goes on to extend that to all nations, after this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. Remember, these are words written long before there was any such thing as a nation state. So this is not about what's on everyone's passport. Those words are really important. Tribe, people, language. They speak about how the new heavens and earth will visibly encompass the breadth of our ethnic and racial and cultural differences as human beings. Just take for a moment from secular theory for a moment to illustrate it. I don't know whether you're familiar with models of um, cultural diversity. Um, some people talk about the melting pot. Right, the melting pot model is where all sorts of different groups are kind of assimilated into one single culture. But then there's the salad bowl model, right? And the, the, in the salad bowl model, differences in cultures are accepted and appreciated, and they're actually even used to make something stronger. They're all different, but together. If it's not irreverent to say this, heaven is going to be like a salad bowl. A salad bowl of praise at that, because that's, that's what they're all doing. All people united in one activity, they cry out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. So all different, but all focused on the Lamb. That is the Lord Jesus, who is their salvation. So, church, that's what you're going to be doing for eternity. You are going to take your part in a church eternally made up of all nations and you're going to be praising the Lamb together with them from now and forever. But what does that mean for us right now in South Croydon? 
Well, here's a few thoughts. Number one, I think it means that we need to hear Christ's welcome to all nations. We need to hear Christ's welcome to all nations. Uh, I, I said uh, Stanya, Connor, and, and Aidan were a bit of a visual aid earlier on. I wasn't expecting the visual aid to exactly work out as it did. But um, Aidan has got some wisdom there, right? It's, it feels strange, doesn't it, going from your kind of home place to someone strange. I, um, I've, I've shared this before. I think my mum is German. I grew up speaking German at home. I was as close to my German family, and I always took pride in my German identity. And that wasn't always easy. Uh, I will never forget the sense of alienation in the year of Euro 96. I was at all-boys boarding school. Everyone packs into the, you know, into the room to watch the TV, to watch the sport. And I was one boy out of 70 cheering for the wrong side. Perhaps there are some of you here today who feel like you don't really fit into British culture. It doesn't feel quite like home. Perhaps you find yourself in a church where you look around and you don't see very many, or perhaps no one, frankly, who has the same ethnic or cultural background as you. And you may ask yourself the question, well, does that mean I don't fit in? Well, in God's purposes, you do fit in. Because Christ's welcome is to all nations. And it's no less to you than it is to anyone else. In fact, God's ultimate purpose is to gather people together across cultures. So I hope and pray that wherever you have come from, you come with real delight to experience together with different people a unity in Christ that completely eclipses all of our differences, even as we celebrate the fact that we have them. And, you know, if that's you, if you feel like you've come from a different, a different cultural background, did you notice the implications of Revelation 7? If there are people from all tribes, tongues, nations, and peoples there, doesn't that mean that God isn't done with this world until people from every nation, tribe, people, and language have come to Christ? One of my um, proudest moments is when I taught Hebrew to a Bible translator, because she was then able to share the scriptures with a people group um, in Mozambique who would otherwise never have heard the scriptures in their own language. Who in this generation, in the next 30 years from this church, is going to go and translate or support the translation of the scriptures? Who's going to go and reach an unreached people group, people who have never before heard the gospel in their own language, if at all? That's a challenge. Here, Christ's welcome to all nations. Number two, let's embody Christ's welcome to the nations. Embody Christ's welcome to the nations. We need to look for all sorts of ways of crossing cultural barriers. And I, and I say this very much in a sense of, you know, let's keep doing it rather than as if this is new. Now, how do we do that? Well, Frank gave us all sorts of wonderful uh, ideas um, earlier, earlier on. Lots of things we can do just when we meet on a Sunday. But we, we need to go further than that. We, we want to be thinking, how can we, how, who do we socialize with? You know, who do we count as good friends? Who would we be happy for our children to marry? Now, I think it's worth acknowledging that for now, this church is likely still to have a majority culture. If, if, if this church mapped exactly onto our local demographics, and I'm not saying it has to do that, but statistically that is relatively likely, 
then we would continue to be majority white, about 70%, 14% Asian, 9% black, 6% mixed. I've got no particular aim for that, but I'm just saying that's the case. So it's important that we don't get wrapped up in guilt or fear about the simple fact that we, are, we may be majority white. But this is the thing we can change. We can be, embody a kind of cultural openness. We can learn to flex on some of these particularly British things, which don't have a great deal to do with Christ. And, and when we combine that with a with sort of unifying commitment to Christ among us, that is an amazingly powerful way of embodying Christ's welcome to all nations. This may be a good moment to um, celebrate what we were doing here last night. Uh, we had a wonderful Kaylee evening with all sorts of ages and stages, and so many global cultures are represented. We were all engaged in a loosely Scottish activity, should we just say, though a few of us are really from the north. And I had the great joy of explaining to um, some of our friends from around the globe how we as white people, we basically, we can't dance. So what we have to do is we have to get someone in to tell us what we do. And then actually, we really love it and we really know what we're doing. This kind of openness of cultural exchange is wonderful. Many thanks to Simon and Andy for a fantastic evening. And thank you also to all those who came. And that leads us on to our third point. A great way of embodying that welcome, as it happens in John's vision of heaven, is to celebrate the gathering of the nations. I hope you felt that's what we've been able to do this morning, to celebrate the gathering of the nations. We have so many cultures represented amongst us, and that is a wonderful thing. I was thinking this week, this, this week I've spoken to someone from Zimbabwe, India, Italy, Turkey, Nigeria, and Ireland from our church family. Living in between those cultures offers us such riches. It's a really silly example. Indulge me for a moment. Take, for example, the whole business of when we celebrate Christmas. So in Britain, we celebrate Christmas on the 25th. In Germany, I'm half German, as I was saying earlier. However, they celebrate Christmas on the 24th. Now, you might think that's a really difficult situation for me to find myself in. But it isn't. In my family, we got to celebrate Christmas twice. And imagine how convenient that is when you get married, right? You know, those who are married, they, everyone's familiar with that major diplomatic incident that happens pretty much every year. Like, whose family are we going to go to, you know, on Christmas? We had two. It was brilliant. On the 24th, we went to my family, celebrate Christmas. And then on the 25th, we went to Emily's family. Brilliant. A massive win. I digress. But there you go. The bringing together of cultures. Brilliant. We want to celebrate the gathering of the nations. Now, how do we do this in practice? Well, there are many, many ways. I remember chatting some time uh, ago with Daniel Orozalumi, one of our PCC members, and he was remind me, reminding me of the power of sharing food. Um, and uh, he talked about the great impact of bring and share, where no single person is the host. Right? Everyone takes a turn at being, being host and guest, and that's brilliant. COVID has made these kind of things really difficult, and I'm sorry we haven't got around to them yet, but at some point that's going to be possible again. But we don't need to wait around until something is sort of centrally organized. We can celebrate the gathering of nations in our own family homes and in our own relationships. And then, fourthly, learn from Christ in the nations. Learn from Christ in the nations if God has told us that his ultimate plan 
is to bring all peoples together to himself. We should pay attention to how he is doing it. And I think for those of us who identify with the Western church right now, that is really important. At one point, and there's a board, two boards right there, back there in the, in, in the church building, lots of people went out from this culture to take the gospel to the nations. Right now, the center of Christianity has moved to the global south. European Christianity is scarcely growing, 0.04%, which is much less than population growth. In Asia, it's growing at just under 2%, and in Africa, just under 3%, above population growth. You can look at the explosion of, in the UK of, of black and Pentecostal and Asian churches. We need to pay attention. We need to look out and see what the Lord is doing in many nations. I guess particularly not necessarily our own. And I know that there is great riches to be found in that. I know for me personally, some of the most important lessons I have learned about God, I have learned from sharing my life with believers from other nations. In those relationships, um, the, the differences between us have often helped me understand what's essential about the gospel and what is just cultural. I've had loads and loads of conversations with people here who, who felt the same. I've spoken with people who went to Nepal with international needs and found huge encouragement from that. Um, I've spoken of people who think back a little bit further to those mission trips to Moldova and all that they learned from there. Let's look for opportunities to learn from the nations as we go ahead. But we can do that right here too as we gather together. And please do pray for us as we seek in this church to sort of work out that cultural diversity and celebrate it, not least in the leadership of our church. Well, there's much more we can still say, but time uh, is up. I want to close just with those wonderful words of Revelation one more time. After this, I looked... And there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. May that reality take shape amongst us here. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Emmanuel Croydon podcast. For more information about our church and everything we have going on, visit our website, emmanuelcroydon.org.uk. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram to see and hear what's going on in the life of our church. God bless you and have a wonderful week.